Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. I think he's just watching that Star Wars trailer over and over and over and over and over again. Or board gaming. Oh, yeah, that too. Also, running the boards is Joey D's. Wow. And <laughs> thank you, Waluigi. Yeah. On today's show, we will get comic book recommendations from Scott over at Comics Dungeon. We'll talk about some additions to the Disney Plus roster. Is Jonah Hill going to be in Batman? Mm. We'll find out. And some of the best bands that don't actually exist. Got a list on that one. And if you do remember, all lists are BS, so be ready to argue about that. <laughs> and of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have all our podcast blogs and more. 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 Just- more. BJ Geek Nation, if you want to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes. Yes, and you should help out BJ Shea's Geek Nation and BJ Shea's Board Game Alliance when we help out the children by participating in Extra Life. Uh, This is going to be happening very soon, actually, this weekend, because just tomorrow is going to be Halloween, and then after that, on November 2nd and 3rd, will be... Extra Life, 25 hours of gaming, and this is, like I said, for a good cause, helping the kids, especially in the Children's Miracle Network, which more specifically for the Seattle area will help out Seattle Children's Hospital. It's a good cause. Seattle Children's needs this sort of stuff because they're dealing with the medical side of all these things. And what the Children's Miracle Network is looking to do is help those kids who are in this situation where, I mean, it's all medical equipment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very sterile a lot of the times. And they try to do what they can at a children's hospital to help the kids pass the time. But what the Children's Miracle Network does is they help this. They'll bring games. They'll do things that will help the kids get their mind off of whatever reason why they're there. No one likes being in the hospital. No. And unfortunately, sometimes like kids' parents still need to go to work and mm-hmm. pay for this t- kind of stuff. So... Or even just bills in general. So sometimes kids are there by themselves. Yeah. And this is one of those ways where you can collect money. And one way to do that is do a marathon gaming session for 25 hours because of the old fallback. You will be uh, doing some board gaming at Zulu's Board Game Cafe up in Bothell, Washington. Mm-hmm. If you are in the Bothell, Washington or surrounding areas, this may be a good time to go and take a trip. You'll get to meet some of the uh, great people that are on this show and the Board Game Alliance. Also, there will be raffles and you know what is better than uh, helping out the children helping out the children while winning prizes yeah and one of this is going to be an all-in copy of batman the board game with a huge amount of stuff there some of the pictures are up on the uh, facebook page that we have for bj shay's geek nation to let you see what's going on with that also if you are a sports fan or know someone who is a sports fan a raffle for an authenticated with the paperwork ken griffey jr signed baseball bat this is very cool especially if you're in the seattle area but i mean come on ken griffey jr is a mainstay everybody knows who he is and something like this if it's uh maybe maybe you're a sports fan yourself you can keep it in your man cave or your woman cave or your she shed is that what they call them she shed yeah or you can give it as a gift this is one of those perfect ways to do it because you're also helping the kids 
all the information. The event page is up, pinned to the top of BJ Shea's Geek Nation Facebook page. If you wanted to do donations, you can do so right now, or you can do what I like to do is wait until the Twitch stream is going to be going on, which is just twitch.tv slash BJ Geek Nation, and say, hey guys, I want you to do something silly, and then maybe they'll be with BJ because he's always a negotiator. You'll try to figure out the right amount of donations to get them doing something stupid. And then he'll sing. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> don't don't take my bit, guys. You figure out something else how to do it. Maybe uh, maybe torment them in different ways. The chicken dance. He's not allowed to drink or eat for an hour. Oh, wow. No snacks. Wow, no yes. desserts. Yeah, no desserts for an hour. 100 bucks. That's going to be probably a lot more than 100 bucks. But again, it's for the children. Uh, <laughs> definitely, if you go to uh, extra-life.org, just search BJ Shea's Geek Nation like you would for us for anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find our team. You can donate to our team in general or you can donate to any of us. We have uh, myself, Joey, and BJ on our team. So please donate. We have a goal of $1,500 we want to raise for the kids. Yes. Now, moving on from that, it is comic book day. So let's get some comic book recommendations from Scott over at Comics Dungeon. Scott from Comics Dungeon joins us and you can get more information about just what Comics Dungeon is. Hello, it's a friendly local comic book store at ComicsDungeon.com. Scott, what are some recommendations for this week? So uh, this week, I finally caught up with a series. It's been out for a few months, but we've been selling through it uh, so quick, I've not had an opportunity to read it. It's called Once and Future. And this book, Once and Future, is clearly a, a, a nod to King Arthur and Knights oh. of the Round Table, oh, yeah, Excalibur okay. Sword, and all of that. But this, this, this story opens up with this, this little old granny, uh, she's in the retirement home and then she wanders away and, uh, her grandson has to leave a date and, uh, go figure out what's going on. And she says, well, you, you, let's go for a drive. And, uh, she, uh, takes him into the forest and lo and behold, she's got a cache of weapons. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, a uh, bunch of kind of badass uh, weaponry, and and uh, then she goes, "Oh, wait a second And then giant monster comes up, and she tells her grandson, "Run, get him away from here!" And uh, and so they're chasing through the the forest. It all comes back. She's able to uh, uh, defend the situation, but you're kind of what's what's going on here? And apparently, she was kind of like a, a vampire hunter from old uh, <laughs> time, and she ran out of vampires. But what's happening now is the legend of Excalibur is coming into play, and uh, and she starts to explain the, the the lore of King Arthur and. You know, he's supposed to return someday in the darkest days of of Britain. And uh, everybody believes that that is a positive thing. And she's like, yeah, not really. King Arthur's actually not the good guy here. He's, uh, he's a pure, uh, a, a racial purist. He's defending Britain against the Anglo-Saxons and wants to drive all of them out. And he comes back as kind of a gnarly, undead beast-like guy. Whoa, really? And it's, 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 a, it, it's a fascinating twist on that, that that old King Arthur lore, you know, the Disney movies and Sword in the Stone and all when, of these types of things. And you're like, man, this is dark. Yeah, when you started talking about it, I was like, all right, well, we already had Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. We're going to have King Arthur Vampire Hunter. And no, this is not the case at all. Wow, I need to check this out. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's been picked up by one of the networks um, as, a, as a possible TV series, which of course. I think would be fascinating. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, you know, so uh, a really good tw- twist on, on, on a legend that, uh, that a lot of us thought we knew. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I love it when they do stuff like that because it's there's one thing when you're expecting something and then they throw it out that way. This sounds super interesting, man. I really like this, man. Wow. Like, you just blew me away on that one. <laughs> you got anything else? Yeah, I do. Another one that uh, caught my eye this week was uh, uh, a new book by Gene Yang. Um, it's called Superman Smashes the Clan. Oh. And, and, and you're like going, oh, really? How are they going to do this? Is Superman just going to come in and just, you know, autocratically beat the snot out of some Klansmen? Uh, uh, yeah, right. But, it turns out this is actually a story about the Golden Age Superman. This is taking place in the 40s. And it's following a, a, a Chinese immigrant family as they're moving to Metropolis. And and what begins to happen to them and how perceptions are getting changed. And, uh, uh, and you start seeing that interaction with a supremacy group. And... Uh, you know, you get the whole Superman story, but it's 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 absolutely fascinating because Gene Yang, being a uh, Chinese American, has a very unique perspective. He actually wrote the book American Born Chinese, um, mm, and yeah. it's 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 fascinating. I love the Golden Age Superman. You know, no flying. You know, and uh, very few of his superpowers uh, as we know them in in the, in the modern day. So it's actually a really it's a fun book, but you can actually get the whole undertone of racism and supremacy and and how people should interact. You know, are the immigrants and how how do they affect and adjust uh, their style of living? Wow, that's kind of that's kind of amazing on that end too, and especially the simple fact that you were talking about how Superman uh, isn't the guy with all of his powers. I think that's kind of an interesting uh, twist to put on that as well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And you know, uh, one of the one of the supremacists actually uh, loves Superman, and you know, and is a huge fan, and you know, takes some of that, and it, it you know does a little bit of the misguided. Uh, perceptions yeah. of, of of what he stands for so so it's going to be interesting it's a two-part uh graphic novel series it's actually written so all ages can read it which i love when you have these type of topics that you can bring to the entire family absolutely and uh and definitely worth checking out thank you so much scott these are two good titles that i'm really interested in love this again if you guys have any other uh questions or maybe comic book recommendations that you would love to get about specific genres you can go check out comics dungeon at comicsdungeon.com and find all the links to social media there thank you so much scott thanks for Thank you so much, Scott. Again, ComicsDungeon.com for all of your nerdy needs on that. And, I mean, if you need some comic book recommendation, he is a wealth of information on that. And, again, uh, patronize any of your local comic book stores. That's one of the big things. Keep those brick-and-mortar stores out there. I know that you've got the Comixology and you've got that stuff. But sometimes it's really awesome and it helps out them when you're buying your comic books and getting the pull box from there. Or even if it's just your trades. Uh, I need to go to my local one down in Tacoma with... Uh, we talked with uh, Ethan uh, HD about Destiny City Comics. Uh, I do need to maybe talk with them about picking up an old school trade for the first uh, American Vampire, the oh, first wow. series of that. Yeah, I had. I thought I had all of the trades for it. 
I just had the loose comics. And mm. so uh, I know Vicky's a big stickler when it comes to having like everything be uniform. I have all of the other trades, but I don't have the first one. I have those in comics. Uh. I'm like, I was like, where is it? And I saw all of the individual books and I'm like, it's not going to look good on the shelf. And it, it just, it drives you nuts. <laughs> it does. It that, really does. It's funny because I did that with Runaways when I first started buying them. I have a bunch of single issues. But then I also had like one trade and then I had like one, li- like it was like a mini trade. So I had one little book. It was just so out of order that I went ahead and just bought all the omnibuses <laughs> and just like I have four of them and I gave away all my other ones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, moving on a little bit from that, we need to talk a little bit about Disney Plus because I'm very excited for it. I may actually kill my uh, Netflix subscription on this. But as we talked about in the last episode, if they keep on putting out really quality content like they did with Raising Dion, Living With Yourself mm-hmm. and the Curious Creation of Christine McConnell. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just have to keep it all and just maybe not get a coffee or two during a month. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but here's Help. one that may actually pull people. Mm. Hocus Pocus 2 oh. is in development for Disney+. Plus. I don't know if that's going to pull people or not. You don't think so? No. I thought the original was fantastic. That's right. Now, also at this point, uh, that one did star Bette Midler, and it had... Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes, and uh, somebody else that I can't remember. I'm blanking on her name, yeah, too. Yeah, really terrible with that. Uh, but it looks like... Uh, they're not formally attached to it yet, so they're kind of, I think, hoping that them announcing that they're working on it. So at this point, it's all kind of that, we're going to do it eventually. We've been funded. Please, yeah. please start in our movie. And I mean, well, they've got the funding too, by the way, because the amount of money that they're spending on some of these episodes for uh, uh, WandaVision, um, for uh, the uh, Mandalorian, mm-hmm. they're spending a lot of money. $8 million an episode? Uh, even more, Was it I more? Think. Oh, yeah, it was, because yeah. it was $8 million Yeah, like Star Trek. Star Dis- Trek. Yeah, Star Trek Discovery, we had talked about that. They're spending a ton of money. And the $14 Disney's, million. Yeah, Disney's like, hold my uh, Romulan Ale. We're going to go crazy with it. Fourteen million, and I think if you guys ever saw Sense Eight, I believe each episode was nine million dollars, mostly because of all the traveling, all the actors and crew had to do throughout the world. Yeah, so and lots of money. To be perfectly honest, Hocus Pocus has a following, which is funny because Huge. some people were like, I don't even know about this. And then you mention it to other people and they're usually it's the 90s kids mm-hmm. that were really super into it. And so I can see that this can be another thing that people are stoked about checking out. Uh, I posted the story on BJ Shades Geek Nation's Facebook page and we did get a couple of your comments. Um, Richard says, could be good, could suck ass. Uh, it would help <laughs> if they had the original sisters, though. Absolutely. I agree with that. James says, love... Uh, Felipe says, as long as they use the same witches and the kids from Stranger Things, I'm down. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, James, another James says, with the closing scene having the book open his eye, I'm surprised it took this long. I'm not sure if I like the tone or feel of, a more, of the more recent movies, though. Hope they can somehow stick with the feel of the first one. And it was spooky, but still fun. Like I remember, mm-hmm. I remember having a good time, but still having a little bit of scare to it. And we don't have a whole lot of witchy stuff. I mean, we've got the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, mm-hmm. but kind of beyond that. And I think a Disney spin on like the 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 witches and along those lines, I think would be pretty good. I think I'd be a lot of fun on that one. I never got into the original Hocus Pocus. You should go back and watch it. I have it. 
I'll pass. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to go watch some other shows. There you go. Moving on from that, but still sticking with the movie news, I had mentioned it in the intro, Jonah Hill is no longer in talks for the new Batman. Uh, and it actually was pretty quickly that that kind of died. Um, Jeffrey Wright was being eyed to play Commissioner Gordon, which is super fun. And it was reported that Jonah Hill was in talks to join the Cape Crusaders next movie, which is going to be head up by Robert. Robert Battenson mm-hmm. as the Cape Crusader, which people are iffy about. But if you look beyond him just being what's his nuts in the Twilight, Twilight. movies, mm-hmm. you'll be I, he's he's a decent actor. And so give him a chance to be that because there have been a lot worse people who have played Batman and uh, Val Kilmer. And so don't necessarily worry about the man wearing the cowl. I think we need to look at the villains and we need to get good villains. A lot of people were thinking that maybe Jonah Hill would be uh, apparently the Riddler, but it looks like they've already cast someone as a Riddler whom I have no idea who the person is. Oh, man, but Vicky had the best idea, and I'm just going to keep pushing for it. It's going to be Orlando Jones as the Riddler. If you've seen Mr. Nancy and American Gods, just think of that type of guy Mm -hmm. doing those amazingly awesome monologues, pumping that out. It's just the way he talks and he delivers a story. I can only imagine him delivering a riddle. Oh, gosh, yeah, right? So at this point, we don't know. A lot of people are also thinking maybe Jonah Hill would be a good penguin. I think it's the face. It's the nose. Yeah. He's got a strong face for that. He does. I don't know if that's a that's an insult or not. Well, I mean, because, I mean, Penguin has a big old honker. So when you're just like saying, hey, you've got a good face. you got a good nose for you it. you got a giant nose, sir. You should play that. It's not a bad nose. It's a good nose. <laughs> it's a good why, nose. Why do people think big noses are bad? Like, I don't, it's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, we did get a couple comments because I did post this on Facebook. Um, Christopher says, thank God. I, I The thing is, he really? is a comedic actor, but he has done some other non-comedic things, and he's actually really good. And he's played serious, he's played goofy, and I think that he, like, I don't want to see any of the, like, the 90s Batman movie sort of things when we go to this. I want it, like, they've already said that it's going to be earlier in Batman's career, which makes sense because Robert Pattinson's a little bit younger. Um, and if they play it straight and they don't play it goofy, I think it would be fine. He played great, uh, great corrupt businessman in the wolf of wall street yeah so i could see that as like a you know penguin style version of that character probably a little bit more updated but and in moneyball he played a very subdued but very strong character there's a lot of fun things that he's done and i mean obviously stuff like super bad and a, a lot of other things like he's a good he's got a good range i mean seriously loved him in 21 jump street and 22 jump street <laughs> exactly <laughs> so let us know how you feel about it but yep. i mean Brian says, a man would have been the perfect penguin. He essentially was penguin in Todd Phillips' War Dogs. Oh, interesting. I'll have to watch that. Todd Phillips, which was also the guy who did the Joker and the Hangover and all those. (laughs) And Raymond says, S, it would be good to have him as penguin. Hell, throw Michael Cera in as Joker. And Christopher Mintz plausas the Riddler. Now that would be super bad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What if it was like a spoof (laughs) superhero movie where it's like a Halloween type movie where they just go to like a Halloween party and all the uh, actors dress up as the characters? As a joke, like, like oh, well, I'll, I'll go as a joker, I'll go as a penguin, and they just Wasn't have that a like party. the end of the world where they had the big party and all the actors were playing themselves, but weird versions? Exactly, except they also dress <laughs> up as <laughs> Halloween characters. Oh, that'd be so good. All right, I could kind of see that. Maybe not as a Batman movie, but, you know. Uh, no, not as a Batman that. movie. All right, all right then. Um, we'll move on from that to talk about, this is a fun topic, and uh, I saw that you did post this one, mm-hmm. Vicky, as well, on the old Facebook page. And if you want to get a lot of interaction, 
action and a lot of fun stuff. Vicky posts daily yes. on our Facebook page. Random things, random fun Articles, stuff. Articles, memes. Sometimes questions that we need your answers to. Mm-hmm. And this one was fun because it was the best musicians who don't exist in real life. This was a ranker list and it was... I. There's a lot of the times where I'm like, well, there's still a band, but you're right. Technically, they don't exist. Yeah, and it's exactly. weird to think of it because you... I was sitting here, I'm like, I don't really know. The, the picture they used was uh, all the characters from the gorillas. And the gorillas don't, they're not. Those I mean, characters don't exist yeah, necessarily. Like the lead singer is the lead singer from Blur. They've got Del the Funky Homo Sapien in it. And when they go and they actually go to concerts, it's a live band playing behind a screen of the animated guys playing in the band. So mm-hmm. it's real, but also the characters, the band members are not real. So, and that is actually the number one on this list is the Gorillas. Uh, I love the first album. Also, I can uh, uh, I can absolutely do Clint Eastwood at karaoke. So Ooh. that's kind of why I like doing oh, it. Oh, okay. And uh, so I I agree with that one. Uh, what were some of the comments though, Vicky? Some of the people, some of their suggestions. Uh, Kevin says Josie and the Pussycats, brilliant move on the CW's part for incorporating them into the into Riverdale. Yeah, that got number five on the list uh-huh. and I mean, they're even showing off the old the old cartoons. <laughs> like that. They had a movie. Josie they they had the it with the, the CW shows and then obviously the cartoons. I think in the movie it was Tara Reid, uh, Rosario Dawson and the gal that was She's All That, I think the movie wow. was. Wow. Yeah. How I, long ago was that movie put out? Uh, I know. Oh, what's his name? Um, he played Nightcrawl in X-Men 2. Alan Cummings. He was in it. He was like the bad guy. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. It was, yeah, it was a long time ago. I was in middle <laughs> school, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the live action movie came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. Jeez. See, when I ever think of live bands, I just think of Matt Damon when he played Scotty Dillon. Scotty doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. Scotty doesn't know in old school. Oh, yeah. Or was what was it? it? Euro Trip, right? Euro Trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Old school was different. That had Snoop Dogg in it. I first saw that movie and didn't know it was Matt Damon. And then years <laughs> later, I heard that. And I'm like, this is the greatest fake band of all time. <laughs> what are some of the other suggestions, Vicky? Uh, Dylan says Death Clock. Saw them live, but it was a band in the dark and a big screen with cartoons playing. It was awesome. I've actually seen them as well. Have you really? Uh, I only saw a couple songs because I was there with uh, the boyfriend I had at the time. Time and he really wanted to see I Hate God and Mastodon, which I wanted to see Mastodon. So we only stayed for like a couple songs of uh, Death Clock just because uh, traffic and stuff. They were the last band to perform, but it was so awesome. They pulled out the screens and it was just super badass. Yes, Metalocalypse's Death Clock actually got number two on this list. Mm, I believe it. Yeah, and it's I, I think it helps the fact that you can actually like there's some like live notoriety to that. Like you can actually see them live. And if you've never watched Metalocalypse, it's pretty much one of the best shows on Adult Swim. Uh, we have Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown. Oh, that's from Metalocalypse. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I do cocaine! Cocaine! Uh, one of the ones that I thought was really amazing is actually number four on this one. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. What? What is that? It's from the Muppets, you guys. Oh my god, yes! Oh I totally forgot goodness. the band's name. Come on! Dr. Teeth! Like, Oh my god, I do love them. They all look so stoned. Oh, yeah, they basically were like... And it was... That was... I love the fact that they brought them back for the Muppet show, the 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 one that was on ABC for a little while. Uh, it was a really good show. Maybe maybe people really don't necessarily like it. Maybe they're done with Muppets. But Doctor Teeth and uh, I mean Animal on the drums. You had it, it was really good. It was really fun. 
They rocked out. Yeah, they absolutely did. Uh, uh, Christopher Miller says Spinal Tap, the only band to ever take it to 11. <laughs> number three on this list. Oh, it's not on number 11? No. <laughs> <laughs> number 11 actually was uh, The Chipmunks. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, my there, God. You know, it's not Christmas without an annoying chipmunk song. Oh, my Played God, every five right. minutes. Even when I was a kid, I hated that. Uh, <laughs> I really? Loved, I always loved the, I loved the cartoon. The cartoon was fun, and I yeah. love the chipettes. I don't know what it was about it, but they annoyed me. Yeah, maybe was, their voices. I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's a strong book. Yeah. I just feel like they were always pissing everyone off for no reason. That's, That's Alvin. About it. Yeah. Alvin. Simon. Yeah. Theodore. Mm. Dude. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> number six on this list was Jim and the Holograms. Oh, okay, yes. Number seven was The Beats. The oh, my beats. God, from Doug. Yes, with their song Killer Tofu. I think it's... Okay, uh, I like this. It was, uh, <laughs> do you remember? Did you ever watch Doug? Oh, yeah. Back in the 90s. It, so I think it was kind of like their their spoof off the Beatles. Yes, absolutely. I think some of their... It, like the way they dressed and some some of the posters they had, too, was very Beatles-esque. Mm-hmm. And oh, they were all about the beats. Yes, exactly. Now, Vicky did post this on the Facebook page, so you can go check that out right now and a bunch of other different things. So definitely worth your time to go check out our Facebook page. But now it is time to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Okay, how about some memes. news? Okay. <laughs> I do got memes. a news article. Okay, thank Although, you. Although, this is really cool. Uh, it's a tweet put out by Tom Morello. Okay. we know him from Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. And Audio Slave as well. Yep. So he had tweeted this out. Uh, yesterday I went into the cantina at the new Star Wars land at Disneyland and the bartender leans over and sneakily gives me this and whispers, it's not often we get a resistance general in here. Thank you for your service. And I almost cried. And I think it's like a sticker that says rebel legion. Oh, and he just like handed it to him. I love that he got recognized and that they totally did it this way. That is really cool. That is super cool. Very badass. Tom Morello has done a bunch of nerdy stuff before. He even like made his own D&D character sheets. And we talked about this on previous episodes where for his kids. And so they were getting ready to play and they wanted to play. And he's like, well, I have nothing. Well, let me just kind of bang it out here and just write (laughs) down the character sheets and run you through stuff. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it when you see people who are, you know, celebrities and whatever right they're doing, but are still able to nerd out right like Vin Diesel's awesome because he's played D&D and has been a dungeon master and for a long per- time and to be perfectly honest if you look at the Fast and the Furious movies as a D&D group in an <laughs> urban setting yes. it makes way more sense than anything it's else like we're gonna fly between two buildings in Dubai yeah it's like, <laughs> like with your right. car and exactly it's just like psh, psh. and that's the thing too you're looking at that and you're like you can oh just see God. the DM being like sure roll for it then the ass rolls a perfect uh, natural 20 and you're like I guess it works. Exactly. You're like, sure. You summon superhuman strength and lift the car. It's like, all right, fine. There's an enemy in this room. It is Ronda Rousey in a really hot dress. (laughs) Good luck. All right. I got actually another meme which uh, could spark a debate. Uh oh. Uh, So, do you guys know who? um, I'm totally not remembering his name. You're bad at names. I love it. Yes. Uh, Have you guys uh, seen Letter Kenny? Yes. So the guy who plays Wayne. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Letterkenny, I'm totally digging Letterkenny. So this person says, hear me out. He's Canadian. Mm -hmm. He's under six foot. He's already in good shape. He's 35, so he's old enough to look the part and young enough to stay in it for 10 to 15 years. I know where you're going. I know you're going. He's not super well known, so his fame wouldn't overshadow the role. Marvel has great success with turning comedic actors into heroes with like Chris Pratt and Paul Rudd. So Wayne from Letterkenny. 
should be Wolverine in the MCU. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Now, here's the he deal. He does a really good deadpan delivery. He's got a great deadpan delivery. I love Letterkenny with my heart and soul. Wayne is the best fighter in the land and is often challenged for this and, uh, well, never uh, overcome. Get him in some yellow spandex and maybe we'll see. <laughs> but maybe. at this point in time, I'm not seeing it. Uh, I, I mean, he looks pretty good with a beard. It's a little too blondish, gingery. Yeah. His name is Jared Kiso. Yeah, and he's got a bit too square of a jaw. It's almost like he'd be a good Canadian Batman. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, the problem is I just don't, I can't see anyone else besides Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. That's a big problem. That's yeah. a massive problem that they're going to have. Like at this point, if they actually bring the X-Men into the MCU or combine all of these things, how are they going to even do this? Because like y- you you can't. Yeah, there's just no like, way. You just can't. And then at this point, you can't really necessarily bring Hugh Jackman in. Well, to be perfectly honest, uh, just to completely you know cut myself off here, Martin Scorsese just did The Irishman where they use CGI mm-hmm. to de-age De Niro and Pesci and some of them. Like, I mean, Hugh Jackman probably doesn't want to play Wolverine anymore. No, and I think that's kind of what he mentioned. He's like, if you've ever read what he eats to stay in that peak shape, yeah. it's like basically egg whites and coffee. Yeah, I mean, I get why you wouldn't want to do that and being stuck in a role for so long. But, I mean, for the fans. For the fans, right? Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Logan. If he hadn't passed away in that movie... I would have loved to see him take a fat Thor role and got into, like, fat Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the problem, again, with Wolverine. That can't necessarily happen. Well, I mean, come on. Thor's a god, too. So, I mean, how can you get fat god? Right. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, it's comic books. It's comic book movies. You can do whatever the hell you want. Oh, yeah, what about bald Wolverine? (laughs) (laughs) Even when he was old man Logan, I don't think he was bald. I think he was balding, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Wolverine with mange. Apparently, uh, Jared Kiso was in Elysium, and his name was Rico, and they gave him, like, the worst mustache. Really? It is, I mean, it's not as bad as, uh, you know, Superman mustache. Mustache, but it's not great. It's just too dark for his face. That was about a Matt Damon movie, right? Yes. So, I mean, I don't... I wow. feel like he could probably do action. We could, we've seen him in fights in Letterkenny. So, I mean, I'd like to see him audition for it. Like, I want to see that that tape. Yeah. That's a, that's the one thing. I would love to see those casting tapes. I love seeing that stuff. Me too. Um, I do have a couple okay. more things. Let's go one more. Okay. So, this is a, kind of a motivational one. Uh, it's a picture of both Thor and uh, Arthur. Mm-hmm. Thor is trying to pull the sword out of the stone, <laughs> and Arthur's trying to pick up the hammer. <laughs> and it says, you may, b- may well be meant to do great things. It just might not be in the way that you think. Aww. So I'd smash the rock. <laughs> Just smash the rock. My favorite thing was there was a uh, in one of the the uh, maybe one of the Disney Marvel uh, cartoons. It was Thanos beating up on Thor, and he's like, "Well, if I can't lift the hammer, I will smash you with the hammer." Was it a just, cartoon or something? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a cartoon. He just takes Thor, starts smashing him against Mjolnir, and I'm like, "This is how you solve your problems." Modern modern problems require modern solutions. Yeah, exactly. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.